HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. All in the Industry is produced by Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit, member-supported radio station devoted to all things food. Help keep HRN alive by becoming a member today. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate. Do it now. All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we are coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, June 29th. This is the 110th episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is a born explorer, literally, and I will introduce her in a moment. First, as we do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip. Later, we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to be an explorer, but of course, seek adventure and new experiences. Sometimes it may seem like a small world, but actually it's a big one with unlimited possibilities. So pack a bag and go. Travel somewhere exotic. Dine somewhere different and meet new people. As they say, the world is your oyster. So set out and explore. That's my tip today. Bravo. Thanks. <laughs> Bravo's coming from my guest who's in the studio today. Super excited to have her here. It is Amanda Bourne, the founder of the Bourne Explorer website, an outlet celebrating exploration through food, travel, culture, and the colorful people of who inspire. 
Amanda is a trained chef and lifestyle and entertaining enthusiast. She has worked for several years at the Food Network, styling culinary photo shoots and cookbooks, as well as with Lydia Bastianich on her PBS show. Amanda is currently taking her diverse 360 point of view of the food and hospitality world and collaborating with restaurant groups, including Philippe Chow Brand. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you. I'm very, very excited to be here. Um, I am actually a big fan of your show just actually recently. Um, I saw on your Instagram that Danny Meyer was the 100th episode, and um, I listened and thought the show was really thoughtful and a great structure. And then when I heard, um, you know, his whole mentality... um, he was graceful and humble, so I became intrigued. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't sleep because I'm the worst sleeper. So when that happens, I usually get up and dance and listen <laughs> to music and write. So I was having this great, inspiring night, and I decided to listen to a little All in the Industry. And um, it happened to be Four hours later, the sun was rising. I drank a half a bottle of Cabernet, (laughs) and I was truly inspired. So thank you for having me on the show, because I really love it, and I will spread the word. Thank you so much that you've made my day. Oh, yes. Now I I know that that. (laughs) that for any insomniacs out there, you can dance, write, or listen to my show all night long. (laughs) All night long. Oh, you're so fabulous. So we go back. um, We met back in 2000, 2001 when we were in TV network. Yeah, starting in PR. So to get to that point, um, like how did you first get into the hospitality industry? Or was that your was that your first job into this this world we're in now? Um, So to be honest, all of I think I growing up and being exposed to so much and seeing so much I think I all of those characteristics helped me be who I am and get into the hospitality industry but before I moved to New York City in 2000 I lived in Cape Cod and I worked at a place called Shuckers, so you figure it out. I learned how to shuck, and um, <laughs> it's a good trait to have, though, because when I was at the Food Network, everyone's like, oh, I hate to shuck. I'm like, I'll do it. Um, but I worked at Shuckers, and it rained almost the whole month, and there was a lot of tourists there and didn't tip, and I said, that, you know, this was great, but I think I'm going to move on. So then I found a, a catering company, and I met the owner and he was kind of chauvinistic but I just came in I don't know if it was because I was young and ballsy and I just came in and I'm like this is how we should do it and this is how we should do it and I think he respected that so that summer just inspired me to um, you know take that path so when I got to New York I was looking for jobs. I knew I would find something in the food and hospitality industry. I also interviewed 
um, at Prada, which is so funny. Um, <laughs> and I got into the third round, but simultaneously I um, interviewed with KB Network News. And when I got there, first of all, it was the coolest, I mean, the coolest building. We worked in the Flatiron yes. building. So it, yes, very cool. You're like, I'm going to go up to the seventh floor in the corner <laughs> looking over the park. I mean, what's better than that? But I just got in there. She was a little kooky, and it is what it is. But um, I just, like, I saw people reading in the bright conference room and reading the newspapers. And we got to work on so many, you know, work with great chefs and restaurants and night spots. I flew to Miami to work on... Um, a supper club. I felt like because it's a boutique company, we got to really like jump into things and dive into the world of food and hospitality and writing and exploring. And I thought that was really the best first job I could have ever, ever had. Yeah. No, I love, I love the way you've summarized it because it was a small office. It was, there was, you know, I don't know, seven or eight of us and we were a tight group and we had such an opportunity to, to really be hands on and work with a lot of amazing chefs and restaurants and learn PR. I mean, I learned PR from that from job. That, yeah. So when you're um, at a small yeah. company, you're allowed to speak your mind. I remember being in the um, conference room and Todd English was there and I'm like, I don't think you should have that um, that menu, use this paper and this and I'm like, I'm, how old were you? It's like 21 <laughs> and I'm telling this I mean, chefs are so idolized now, but when we were there, I mean yeah, Bobby Flay and Patricia Yo and Todd a- English, it was, we had some major, I mean, yeah, we had we were the PR and consulting, I like that we were consulting too, it wasn't just PR we really like went to the restaurants and and told them what we thought and changed the meant the dishes that didn't work and right. worked at this like looked at the aesthetic and changed everything and did the openings I thought like it really was a pivotal part of my life and started me on my journey my career your journey your explorer yeah. journey so after KB where did you where did you go I worked at um, Network PR. Jake Spitz owned it, and it we 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 made Mad Men seem very tame. We were wild. It was a PR and um, consulting, same but a little more lifestyle. Um, but I came in and I decided I'm like you were. Your press releases, because press releases, I was just talking about this with another PR person recently. She's like, I don't, you know, sometimes because of the change in technology, the media, their Instagram, the social, all the stuff, press releases aren't always as big as they were before. But um, I decided to rewrite all their press releases and take that, um, take that focus on with any other client we brought in. So I, I felt like I took that job and honed in on that and worked on my writing skills there and then worked on all different restaurants and other chefs and night spots. And right. So it was great. Um, it was another PR. So when did you leave the PR, PR and going... Uh, you worked with Serena Bass yes. in doing events, which was... I mean, she's a big name. She Yes. So um, I worked for... I caught, To be honest, I love the few PR people I know, but there are so many PR people 
that say they do PR, but they, and even more, they say they do PR, restaurant PR, which is the worst because you can't be anorexic if you're a restaurant PR. You can't, you can't talk about food and talk about this if you just want to be in the scene. You can't write. And so I, I really felt that I feel like you need to be passionate and curious and, and love everything about it to be good at PR and hospitality. So I then decided to leave the industry for a little and go um, work for Ian Traeger. And um, when I worked there, I worked with all of the hospitality clients, um, all the, well, not hospitality, all the um, entertainment clients and the um, anyone in music or film, and it was at the Hudson Hotel, so close to where you, right. you live. And, and what's so amazing is that there was almost 900 employees that worked there. Would you a, ever have thought that from all over the world? And it was just a melting pot. And it exposed me to so much. We did the Grammys there. We did unbelievable events there. And um, I just worked with every different department. So it was like this big ship working together with so many employees, telling the story of Ian Schrager and, um, you know, Fleet Stark and the history of the building. And it was, I was passionate. So my, my... Some people say she would be intimidating. My um, boss said, okay, you want this job. Um, you're going to start as an assistant. You seem like a hunter, but this is a gathering, gatherer position. And I said, whatever, I'll take it. So I moved up and worked with the entertainment clients in about three months, and other people were supposed to have that position. And I just was excited about the brand. And I think if you are that, if you're excited about what you do, you excel. Yeah, no, Jones and yeah. great brand, great, yeah. great company. Yeah. And, and it's experience. constantly evolving. I heard that Ian Trigger is doing a bunch of other stuff um, soon, and I'm excited to maybe yeah. collaborate with them and talk oh, to them. Cool. But we'll we'll chat later about um, about that. But then um, I ended up working or going to um, Serena Bass, and that was really um, uh, a game changer for me in my career because I walked in, we worked in the meatpacking when meatpacking was actually still meat and right. holes, really. There were a lot of, um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of um, yes, yes. So that was, um, that was the next job. And it really changed me because I met her. She's very... There's so many words to describe Serena. She's brilliant and she's quirky. And she's basically said, you know, I like you. I really would love for you to be here. And then the accountant came up and said to me, I'm glad you're taking the position, but I just want to let you know we are in $500,000 in debt. See what you can do. So... I loved a challenge. I was in my mid-20s, and I started working um, with the, with the um, photo shoots. We, had, we, we worked with all, because Serena knows all of the big photographers. And um, so I started really um, taking 
a different approach. I met with them. I talked to them. I, I said, this is not just catering for a you know, a Calvin Klein shoot. This is something, the food, when you're taking a break after a long day, it's supposed to be important. Eating is, you should celebrate the food you're eating. And I really got into it. And in a couple of months, I would say a half a year, um, we um, were $500,000 profit. And then I went Amazing. to her. Yeah, it was exciting. I mean, it's good for when you're in your mid-20s and you said, I can do this. I'm a leader. Mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, triumphed over this difficult right. time. And I really thought she was a brilliant woman. And we had this, we had this funny um, kind of mother-daughter relationship. So, because she lived on top of our office. So there was the kitchen, the office in the front, and then her her apartment. So if like I was hungover, if I was sick, or if I wanted to pee, I would go upstairs, and she would like it would be her, her, her haven, her abode that I would go to. Um, but then I said to her, I said I want to do more for this company, and I would love to be your director of business development and sales. Can I do that? So then we started working together, and we. Ended up um, growing to over $2 million profit with a pop-up office in the Hamptons. Unbelievable clients uh -huh. from finance to fashion to, you know, charity events. And it was something that I learned and I knew I was good at. That something I loved. Something that made me tick. So that job was That's definitely incredible. Incredible good for you. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to take a little break. So stay with us. This is On the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Today's program is brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese, period. Why? Lush grasslands, glacial water supply, fourth-generation cheesemakers, combining old-world tradition with the new ideas and highest standards. The very best milk. What do you think of when you think of Wisconsin cheese? For me, I think cheese curds, delicious fresh cheese curds, or deep-fried cheese curds. Cheese curds literally any way, any time, any place. I think about Andy Hatch and Upland's Cheese Company, the operation behind the Pleasant Ridge Reserve cheese that's literally America's most awarded cheese. I think of the deliciously stinky Limburger and its long-storied history. I think about Raleigh's Dumbarton Blue, a perfect blend of English-style cheddar and notes of blue. I think of Emmy Roth's Grand Cru Chirchois, which was named 2016's World Champion at the World Championship Cheese Contest. Wisconsin is like the world champion of cheese, and once you start reading the list of cheeses made in Wisconsin on their website, you can see why. The Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board is a nonprofit organization funded entirely by Wisconsin's dairy farm families. Read more at eatwisconsincheese.com. And as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, eat Wisconsin cheese. It's a no-brainer. Okay, welcome. 
Welcome back to Only Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Amanda Bourne. She's the author and creator of The Bourne Explorer, The Art of Fruitful Discovery, A Personal Journey Through Food, Travel, Culture, and Community. We have to jump into The Bourne Explorer, but before we get there, tell me kind of quickly, like, what inspired you then go, to go to culinary school, and like, how did you get involved with the Food Network and... And the various roles you, because you're still working with them, right? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll delve into that. Okay. Um, so I owned a concierge and event planning company, and I just felt that I loved it. I grew from it, but I knew that I didn't want to be in bed with four partners, and it was hard. I mean, it was a hard decision to. It's it's harder to get out of something than just stay in something, isn't it? Like so, yeah. so I um, went through um, kind of an introverted time the next couple years and took writing classes at Gotham's Writer. Um, so I took a, a yeah, I don't know tra- that yeah, one, tra- <laughs> but um, a creative writing class and a travel writing class. It was ba- it was um, I think New York Times kind of sponsored it, and then I took a screenplay class. And while I was doing that. I started the Born Explorer, um, and I just sat at a cafe, and I was writing, and I was reading, and I was deciding like how I would, um, what did I want it to be? What did I want to to say? How did I want it to be different? And at the same time, um, I was figuring out my next move because you can't just sit in a cafe and create a blog um so you can but i might you can um but my husband said you know you love you love cooking you love grocery shopping you love exploring and touching fruit and looking at meats and and you're a really good cook why don't you just you know take a pivot and um go to culinary school and my friend who i went to camp with who i've known since i've been eight just finished culinary school at ICE, Institute of Culinary Education. At the time, it was on 23rd, between 5th and 6th. Now they moved right. way downtown. Um, and I met with the um, emissions guy, I guess you can say, and I decided to start November 2nd. I got married October 22nd. So I really like jumped in. I had a nine-day period that I could go on a honeymoon. I went to Tuscany, just Tuscany, all over, and we ate, and we drank, and we explored, and I started culinary school at 7 in the morning the day I got back. So um, a lot of energy, I know that. Yeah, so it was just, I mean, it was it was an unbelievable experience. I, I dove into food in a deeper way than I ever could have imagine I learned skill sets from knife skills to to braising to understanding temperatures and and being in an environment that I'm not wasn't used to I was wearing pencil skirts and and heading meetings all of a sudden I was wearing a you know the yeah. outfit and <laughs> and um carrying a knife set but I um I never missed a day of 
culinary school. I graduated with the highest of honors, and I loved every minute of it. Um, I swore I wouldn't meet new friends, and I met two of my deepest, closest friends there that I'm actually working, one of them I'm working with in the Hamptons this summer on very customized um, events. So I made friendships, I learned, I grew, and then I ended up at the Food Network. I interned at the Food Network. I um, went for, you have to do an internship. You know this because you went to culinary school. I did. And I just, my experience from culinary school is, I remember I loved it too. Yeah. And it just, the hands-on experience was just it was, it was so different than anything yeah, I had so done exactly. before. You, you got know? to challenge yourself yeah. and you grow from challenges. Right. Grow, I mean, it was humbling It's to become all of a sudden an intern after I've had owned mm-hmm. a company and right. had five people under me. But, you know, you got to... You gotta switch it up a little. You know, change change in life is good. People are too scared of change. Um, but I went to. I worked at the Food Network. I started as an intern, and then a lot of times you intern for forty million hours, and no one and you pay, gets paid seven dollars an hour, and you never work. And the next week they said, "We want you," and it was exciting. And I worked on everything from cookbooks to cooking shows. I traveled all over the country. I made incredible friends and um, I was a food stylist, you could say, um, for five years. Um, I simultaneously, I continued to work on the Born Explorer and um, it was a really nice balance. I also, I loved freelancing there because I was able to take other jobs. When you work at Food Network, I couldn't have worked with right. Lydia Bastianish. I've worked with her for four years on her show, and that is incredible. Incredible. So the freelance, there's, there's, there's always good and bad of everything. You know, there's good, people always say, I, you know, I want to have a job, but I want flexibility. But the people that have the, the freelance freedom say I want insurance and I want security so there's always that you know you want the curly hair you want the straight hair (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah so it was just it it was all around it was like a dream I mean I used to watch the Food Network when people when it was Nina Grissom and Alan Richman Richman. when they did that travel show and had a boil water. People Uh don't even know this. I remember I know because I used to watch MTV the dance show and then I'd switch to the Food Network and my mom would think, "What are you doing? You're supposed to be eating your breakfast." And I watched those two shows because I wanted to see people dance and I wanted to see people cook and explore. You want to know something funny? So you remember Sissy Biggers and her show Mm -hmm. Ready Set Cook. Of course. So she was in, I was at Aspen uh, Wine Food Festival. She was there. And so just today, a little, I guess, a plug for me and my client. But they were, there was a, a segment on today's show today with Hoda, uh, yeah, Kathy Hoda, Lee. Yeah. And it was on the Fancy Food Show. And um, Sissy was the one um, leading the segment. She went to Fancy Food. She she covered things. And, and she, she talked about um, the, the, the highlights and products. But she mentioned Tunisia, which was the country sponsor, which was my client. Oh, nice. So it was really cool. But I was just seeing, I was like, Sissy is like, She's still in the game yeah. doing her thing, but I remember her from Ready Set Cook. Yeah, I yeah. mean that, and I think that's when that—that's my own opinion of the Food Network. I think they, um, what they're doing now, when they're—I mean, they're 
they're showcasing D level um, celebrities, and, and so people can so people can kind of know that person, connect with them. But I think I was working on um, Seth Meyers' show, and I talked to one of the guards, and he said. I, I'm happy you work at Food Network, but I miss the real cooking shows, the shows that, like, made me, ins- got me inspired, got me in the kitchen, got me at the butcher getting, you know, right, right. real food and doing, I mean, it is what it is, it, it, honestly, but um, I had such a great run with them, and they still call me. It's just that when you have a child, I mean, y- you need to make choices, and I can't be traveling to California for three weeks um, and working 16-hour days on right. a show. But it was an awesome run, and I would never change a minute of it. But when I decided to say to myself, where do you want to be next? You know, what, what, where do you want to be? I, you know, I missed, I missed the business aspect of, um, you know, I would go to, I would go to a show at six in the morning. I'd be wearing a cashmere sweater and like fitted jeans and boots and people like, what are you doing? I'm like, i I miss being, you yeah. know, I like to get dressed up. I like to feel good. And hey, you, know, you almost worked at you, Prada. I, <laughs> oh, my God. At three, I know. Well, that would have been a whole, no, a whole nother uh, radio station. So we're, we're, we're running a little short on time, but I want to, well, I need to ask you my question from last week. So let me ask you that now. Or it wasn't last week. It was my last episode. Um, episode 109. I had on Brady Lowe. He's the founder of Koshan 555. He wants to know if you were going back to one place to spend three months of your life for a new journey, where would you go and why? Ooh, been to so many great places, met so many amazing people. Um, mm. I I loved Japan. That would be my second top. But I would say if I had to be somewhere for three months and delve into the culture, it would be Hana, the most eastern part of Maui in Hawaii. I went. I drove the road to Hannah. Yeah, but everyone drive. I stayed there for four oh, you days. See, no one does. It's so funny. I so, but I drove by no, no, myself. No, that's solo, impressive. Solo travel. Like, I'm on dancing that road. right now. Okay. I'm dancing for you. But can, do I have time to tell you a little bit yeah, about? Yeah, okay. sure. Um, so I, I was, uh, I, w- I had a wedding in, on the Big Island, and then we, I was interviewing the chef and the general manager at Travasa, this unbelievable hotel right in Hana. And there's only one hotel there, maybe another little bed and breakfast. But these are stunning. They look like um, a luxury cabin that you went to camp. And it's, it almost feels like the the aesthetic and the landscape is so different than other parts of... It's cliffy. It feels like Oregon right. meets... I don't know. Oregon meets uh, Hana. <laughs> but, um, and so I was interviewing them, and I the, the guy picked me up and was bringing us to our room and said, um, I'm five generations of this hotel. And my mouth dropped. Who, do you ever go to the the Hilton or the Hyatt and they say, my great-grandfather right. worked there? And it was just, there's 3,000 people in the community. There are such passion and pride to be a member of this place. And I had one of the best days of my life, or the best 
four days, but I, um, I, I traveled with, um, I met a guy. This is how I travel. This is what Porn Explorer is about. It's the artful, the, fr- um, art of fruitful discovery and letting, letting your journey just take flight. And, um, I met, um, the, the guy that was at beach duty and they said, Oh, Gabe's down at beach duty. Maybe he'll take you, um, on an adventure. And I said to him, Gabe, can you show me what it is to travel around Hana like you would on your day off? And he said, Donna, what time do you want me to pick you up? And I said, eight in the morning. And we had an adventure that I pinched my husband. And I said, remember this, because this is going to be one of the best days of your life. And it was. We went to All right. the Red Beach, the the there was a black beach. Black there beach, was a white the red beach. beach. The white beach. We we yeah. had split chicken and fish tacos on next to people playing ukuleles, surfers, okay. um, cops. It was just awesome. it was like a utopia. It was awesome. All right, so that's where you go back to. So that's awesome. My other question was just how do you tie all this together? I mean, you have such a diverse experience. Um, so with the Born Explorer, you're basically you're tying. I mean, you're you're putting travel food exploring all you know into one package i think um when i was sitting in that cafe and thinking how how am i going to make this work and i really said i'm not going to just i could just write a a blog that showcases restaurants and tells people tell tells people to eat exactly what dish I think is great and where to sit and where to go. But I've done that for years with consulting, and I wanted it to be different. I wanted it to be a new perspective, um, a combination of truly the art of fruitful discovery through food and travel and the people that you meet along the way. And even if you're not a cook or a chef exploring in the kitchen, whether you travel down the block or go across the country embracing what is there and so much to see and do and try and enjoy and and every day uh, the every time i post something the born explorer is evolving and it's exciting i will have this blog until i'm 94 and it will constantly <laughs> change <laughs> fantastic i love your passion And on that note, let's take another break here, and then we're going to come back and we're going to play my speed round game and talk some industry news. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network.
are back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest is Amanda Bourne, the Bourne Explorer. It's time for my speed round game. What this is is I name a couple things, either or situation, and you pick your preference. Okay. You ready to go? Yep. All right. Eat in or eat out? On that one, I'm going to say both, but I'm going to say both. Okay. I will have you over for dinner. I already invited you over for dinner, I'm, but there is nothing like eating out. I'm coming to Dumbo. I'm taking the ferry. <laughs> and I'm inviting Julie. Is her name Rainer as well? I want okay. to invite the. Cool. She's. Yes. All right. <laughs> awesome. Wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Cocktail. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Normally a mix and I pick of everything, but small plates, a lot of them. Lots of small plates. How about communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? I know there's been a lot of this conversation on your show. I still I still like tipping lava. Okay, <laughs> you got it. How about food styling or recipe testing? Mm. How about recipe developing? Okay. Boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. How about the born identity, the born supremacy, or the born ultimatum? I'm so embarrassed to say I've not seen any of them in full, but I would say the born identity. I don't know if I've seen all of them. I'm, I might watch it I, this maybe. summer, though, in PJs. But for people, so you know, the Amanda's last name, born, is spelled like... B-O-U-R-N-E, like Matt Damon's The Bourne, all of these movies. Yeah. So, Okay, two more. Cheese plate or dessert? Cheese plate all the way. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Or Dumbo? Brooklyn. Dumbo. Dumbo. <laughs> Dumbo's cool. Dumbo's amazing. Okay, that's the game. Mm. So uh, let's talk uh, industry news. This happened, came out... Uh, a week or two ago while I was traveling about the world's 50 best list, which they do annually. And this year they held the awards in New York for the first time. It's always been in London since its inception in 2002. Wow. So Bloomberg had an article, Osteria Francescana is named the world's best restaurant. The article was by Chris Ravzar. And this is Massimo Bottura's Osteria Francescana in Modena, Italy. First time Italy has made number one. And I dined there last year solo by myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bravo. Bellissimo. Yeah. Va bene. Yeah. I don't know. I saw it coming. And he's amazing. That's unbelievable. Didn't you live in Florence as well, abroad? I did a semester there. I did, too. You have such a good memory. Yeah. Well, I listened to a show at 6 in the morning. Okay. Maybe a, it came I, up. I do yeah. have a very good memory, though. No. Um, yeah. I love Italy. And, uh, yeah, this list, you know, it's... I was noticing, like, the top five are the same as the top five previously, but they're in different orders. Okay. Um, El Cellar di Con Roca, which is in Gen Girona, Spain, is now number two. 11 Madison Park here in New York City is now number three. It's great. Central in Lima is number four, and Noma and Copenhagen is number five. Um, you know, I mean, there's always controversy when yeah. lists come out. And, of and course, because people get sensitive. It's what the experience, it's what the, it's also, like it's almost like the Olympics. Now that there's the yeah. Summer Olympics, it's that, like, pride. I did want to ask you about, um, 
Alinea, have you ever been there in Chicago? I went a year ago. You yes. did, and it was it was on the list. As I wrote that down, it was fifteen. Okay, because I just watched. Um, is it the new series of Chef's, Chef's Table? Table? And that he is an amazing. Grant is an amazing man. So my, yeah. I was talking to my. We were watching it. My husband and I in bed because we didn't want to wake up Sunny, my daughter, and we've been watching TV in bed. It's crazy because we love our um, living room, but. Um, and he said, let's just go for dinner. Let's fly to Chicago and stay one night. And then I really think I'll do that in the fall. You should. They just re, um, remodeled. Yes. And I, they're lovely people. It was my one word for the experience is whimsical. Okay. That's, that's wow. my takeaway. Um, they don't take solo diners there, so I went with a friend. Oh, uh, believe it or not, I they, would have been your second, well, your you, wingman, your partner in crime. <laughs> I would, I would totally go back, but the, I mean, you can go solo, but you have to buy a whole table. Oh, like you have to, yeah. like, which is silly. But I did um, want to ask you if we wanted to bring our own wine, what's the um, corkage fee? Do you wouldn't know that? That I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm sure they have one, but I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like. This All right. Is, yeah. Well, we could go over details. Exactly. But anyways, um, congratulations to everyone who who was on this list. Is uh, you know, people should go online and check it out. It's um, it's impressive. It's an international um, recognition, and it was a great celebration. And Massimo is unbelievable. So I'm happy he got number one. And um, I'll definitely spread the word because that's exciting. And yeah. you were lucky to be I there lucky. in it's the know yeah. before. It's a hard reservation to get, yeah. so I was lucky. And um, on that note, we're going to take one more break. I'm going to come back and do my solo dining experience. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. This week, it's at Bestia. Here's the rundown. The location, 2121 East 7th Place, Los Angeles, California. The concept, a multi-regional Italian restaurant in the Arts District in DTLA from an acclaimed husband and wife team highlighting creative seasonal fare. The owners... Chef Ori Menashe and pastry chef Genevieve Jurgis. Why did I go? Because I was in LA restaurant hopping and the spot, this spot was highly recommended to me. My experience. So I went as a walk-in on a, sun, on a Sunday night and the valet guys weren't sure if I was going to get in because it's a very hot spot. But I was able to get a seat at the bar. I think I beat the crowd by about a half hour uh, because the dining room was very busy. The bartender was helpful with my ordering, and I chatted up with a nice couple next to me. It was a good time. What did I get? So I had the veal tartare crostini and the roasted 
marrow bone with spinach no nocchetti, crispy breadcrumbs, and aged balsamic. My take. The tartare was really delicious, and I love the bone marrow, too. So I was instructed to scrape the marrow into the pasta, which I thought was just genius. It was, it was rather than having it on bread. It was like, great, great idea. The ambiance. A lively atmosphere with an open kitchen with contemporary elements mixed with raw industrial space. Perfect for Italian cravings in the social setting. Interesting tidbit. Bestia, which means beast in Italian, echoes this theme throughout the space via hard-edged design elements such as wall coverings with bar fight weapons, intimidating meat hook chandeliers. Personal fun fact. The bartender also had highly recommended to me to get the smoked chicken liver pate, but I passed on it because I had a similar dish the night before at Elemento, which was amazing. But apparently chicken liver is hot in L.A. The cost was $34, not including tax and gratuity, and a 3% kitchen fee, which I noticed in California that they have these, these wow. fees. Um, would I go back? You bet. Their website is bestialla.com. Uh, yeah. Um, I was just, what you just said about the helpful, helpful waiter, I think that is so imperative. Um, don't you hate because you dine out a lot in solo and I, I feel like when I've gone out with you before you, we, we have opinions and we also say like I would love this sea, I'm looking at the sea bass or the leg of lamb right. what do you think and when a, when a waiter or a bartender because I often sit at mm-hmm. the bar as well they say I like both or they're both great it's like come on say something and I think that's that changes your experience when you have someone that is knowledgeable about the menu and has an opinion and lets you I always say sitting at the bar is the best because you're it's like a blackjack table. You're talking to the dealer. I'm doing quotes, dealer, and um, you meet people around you if you want to. You're you're creating an atmosphere and environment. Yeah. And when the dealer or the bartender or the waiter is good, they add such a, a, yeah. a special element to your dining experience. So I agree. I agree. And when I'm solo to. I, I, I like getting advice because, um, th- especially a place like this, the, it was there's pizza on the menu. I mean, there's very large portions. And so figuring out what I can get that I'm not going to over-order and yet I'm going to be able to try more than one dish. Yeah. So he did a good job, That's and I, I really like this place. I would totally recommend it if Where you're in L.A. Where did you stay when you were in L.A.? I stayed at the Standard in West Hollywood. Oh, I like it there. I was a West Hollywood. Uh, I was in West Hollywood too. Yeah. I, ah. I almost, oh my god! It could have been a serendipitous moment. I could have it bumped could into have. you. <laughs> All right. Well, it was it was an awesome trip. The final question, Amanda. Let me um, see if you can ask a question for my guest next week. I'm having on Julie Reiner. She's the owner of Flatiron Lounge, Clever Club, Leanda, and. Mixtress Consulting. She's been elevating the cocktail scene in New York City for over 15 years. Amanda, please ask Julie a question. Well, I've already asked her one question. Will you come to my home for dinner? So she can answer that either way as as, um, you're invited as well. But um, 
her some of her places are some of my favorite go tos. Um, especially Flat Iron Lounge. I listen. I'm a jazz connoisseur, and the fact that you can walk in there and hear the most talented artists and singers there it blows my mind. Um, so my question is, what is her equation? What is her cocktail for curating this? visionary success, whether it's instinct, whether it's um, she gets a feel when she goes into the space and that location feels right, whether it's the amount of time she opens between certain places. What is her her success that that is like un- okay. amazing. So that's she's, my question. It's a good question. She's she's been very successful. Yes. She's a nice nice lady. So very cool. And that's the show. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, I cannot wait to hang um, at my apartment. You'll tell me what you um, love to eat, and I will make you a delicious mocktail. You're fabulous. <laughs> I'm so glad I've known you all these years. I and know. That we've, we're like we've almost going on. Are we almost at two decades? We're, get, well, <laughs> we're, get, we're getting We're showing it. our age a little. Oh, I don't care. It's <laughs> all good. So... Everyone out there, I've been talking to Amanda Bourne, and her name, her last name is B-O-U-R-N-E, and her website is thebornexplorer.com, so that's the B-O-U-R-N-E-E-X-P-L-O-R-E-R.com. So um, she's the author and creator of The Born Explorer, which is the art of fruitful discovery, a personal journey through food, travel, culture, and community. Um, check her out. She's also on social media at Born Explorer. I'm on social media at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. My websites are BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. Now, I said that Julie's on my show next week, but she's actually not. Julie is going to be on my show on July 13th. Next week, I'm coming on here and I'm doing a recap of the Aspen food and wine festival so please tune in then four o'clock as always and then the following week julie will be my guest thanks to my fabulous engineer pierre and again to amanda such energy i love it and thank you to all of you out there for being a part of all in the industry i appreciate you listening and please feel free to go to itunes and leave a review and give me some feedback that would be great i'm sherry bayer and uh i'll be back next week have a good one bye Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.